Happy holidays, boys and girls, and welcome to the latest installment of the Sharp 600 brought to you by Covers.com. My name is Joe Fortenball. March Madness is finally here. This, without question, is one of the greatest weekends in all the calendar year. Now, a lot will make the case, many of you will make the case, that this is the best sports weekend of the year. I disagree. I'll always take Cinco de Mayo, especially if you're in Vegas, because you get the Kentucky Derby, you get a title fight, NBA playoffs, NHL playoffs, and Major League Baseball. Plus, it is one fine drinking weekend. But that's not to say this weekend doesn't end up on the Mount Rushmore of sports weekends throughout the course of the year. So here's what we're going to do. Today's episode, episode 84, is going to focus on brackets, how best to approach your brackets, which teams to watch out for, which teams to focus on. Ed Fang, he's a data scientist with a Stanford PhD. He runs the website, thepowerrank.com. He's going to join us in just a few minutes to help with that. Before we get to that, a reminder. Tomorrow, we're going to release an episode looking ahead to Friday's action. We're going to talk point spreads and specifically how to bet some of these games, both on Friday and heading into the weekend. Before we bring on Ed, I might as well release my final four. Um, I generally tend to have a moderate amount of success with brackets, so take this with a grain of salt. But the final four will be as follows. Arizona in the South, because I believe in a great feel-good story, (laughs) and this is anything but, but I do think it's a redemption story. I essentially think Sean Miller and the Wildcats are going to use that us-against-the-world mentality, and they're going to come out of the South. In the East, it's going to be Villanova. In the Midwest, I'm going to take Tom Izzo and Michigan State. And then in the West, I'm going to take John Beeline in Michigan. I think they're peaking at just the right time. Arizona is going to beat Michigan. Villanova is going to beat Michigan State. And then Arizona is going to lose to Villanova in the final. So there you have it. Villanova over Arizona for yours truly. It says here we should work in teams. Who wants to be my spotter? You know him. You love him. I know him. I love him. He's joined the podcast before. A data scientist with a Stanford PhD. Actually, I'm pretty sure we don't have any other guests that join the Sharp 600 with quite the robust resume. Author of How to Win Your NCAA Tournament Pool. You can find that book on Amazon. Thepowerrank.com is the website. Ed Fang joining us here on the Sharp 600. What's up, Ed? How are you? I'm doing great, Joe. Thanks so much for having me on. Excited to talk about some college hoops. One of my favorite times of year. And uh, yeah, just pumped in general. Well, it's our pleasure, buddy, because I'll tell you what, there are a lot of guys I get to talk to for this podcast, and most of you guys I know personally, and you've become my friends, but a lot of you guys specialize in certain things, and like when the tournament comes around, that's Ed Fang time. Like, I don't have to worry about which guys I want to bring on, which guys might be available. The first thought is Ed, and I know we tried Monday. I couldn't get it done on my end, but I appreciate the time. Let's jump into it with this. There are a wide variety of pools people enter into for March Madness every single year. You've got these gigantic pools with thousands of people that are essentially lottery tickets. You've got the really small family pool, and then you've got the midsize office pool. How do you go about differing your strategy based on the number of people in your March Madness pool? Yeah, that's a, that's a really important distinction is the size of the pool. When you have a small pool, 10, maybe 20 people, you can just go with the favorites. Uh, you can use numbers. You can use market data. Uh, but with, with that small, as long as you use just numbers, uh, you have a really good chance of winning that pool. And 
to convince yourself of that, you can just kind of go look at some of the brackets some of these journalists are posting on Twitter this week, and you can kind of see how crazy they are in, in some places, you know, picking upsets, people going to the Elite Eight. You know, Grandma is not even picking a bracket that intelligent. So, you know, when it's small, just go with the favorites, go with my numbers, go with Ken Palm, go with 538, uh, and, and you should be good. Now, when you get to a pool size about 30 or more, then it starts getting a little more difficult. Because uh, what happens is uh, if, if you all end up picking the same team uh, and, you know, we can go back to that year that Kentucky was undefeated going into the tournament, prohibitive favorite. My numbers had them at about 36% chance to win the tournament. In a medium-sized pool, the problem with picking Kentucky is that if Kentucky wins, you and a whole bunch of other people get the 32 points for picking the right champion. And then what happens is it's pretty likely that one of the other people that pick Kentucky is going to beat you with some lucky Sweet 16 picks or maybe an Elite 8 pick. So what you want to do is you actually kind of want to fade what other people are doing in your pool. So the, back with that year with Kentucky, if everyone's picking Kentucky, you got to find a different team that people are overlooking but still has a good win probability. And that year the team was Duke. I think they had about a 12% win probability. Um, and uh, so that was a team uh, – contrarian strategy worked out perfectly because Wisconsin was able to, to knock off Kentucky in the final four, Duke won. And so, but that's the basic idea. Cause if you pick Duke and they win, there's only going to be like a couple people in that 50 person pool that also pick Duke and your choice of chalk and, and using analytics in the earlier round should, should pretty easily carry you to victory. When I was in law school a little over 10 years ago, one of my best friends there was really good at filling out these brackets. He loved college basketball. And he told me the two most important stats for him were three-pointers and free throws. He said those were the two key stats when he was filling out any bracket. Now, obviously, times have changed. The game has changed. And there are a lot of different things people look at. For you personally, as you evaluate the teams come tournament time, what key metrics might jump out for you? Yeah, I mean, the thing out for me most is uh i mean i look at my college basketball team rankings and you know we 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 know a lot about analytics these days and what separates like the good analytics from you know like the ap poll right now is that good analytics use margin of victory or they use efficiency metrics like points for possession before adjusting for for strength of schedule um, when you are looking at systems that use just wins and losses, and that's pretty much what the polls are like, right? If you lose, you fall. If you win, you keep your place in line. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the key is really looking at, um, you know, how well a team has performed uh, against quality competition. And so the idea is, like, if, you know, if you're a team and you go on the road to the top team in the country and you lose by two points, you should get credit for that. In contrast, if you're at home and you lose to, uh, you beat a bad team by two points, you should get docked for that. Uh, and so that's what the good metrics do. Um, a lot of those metrics have Villanova, Virginia near the top this year, and uh, I think that's a good place to start when you're when you're thinking about filling out your bracket. All right, for the number one seeds, Virginia, Villanova, as you mentioned, also Kansas and Xavier. Let's start with Virginia. DeAndre Hunter, the injury, how big is that going to be to their chances? You know, I actually have no idea, and I don't even think it's possible to make a data-driven uh, uh, assessment of that. He's the guy who plays only about half of the minutes uh, of for Virginia this year. The markets have shifted about one point. Um, I I don't know. I think that seems about right. And, um, you know, I mean, I think they'll definitely be down – a little bit with without one of their without one of their players, but who knows? I mean, maybe the maybe the guy behind him is is a defensive stud too that brings uh, just as much to the table. 
Um, you know, Tony Bennett's a heck of a coach. So I, I don't think, you know, I mean, honestly, Joe, I didn't even go recalculate it. Uh, my win <laughs> probabilities with Virginia down a point. I, I, I don't think it really matters a ton. Um, and I'm just going with what I got. Let's talk about Kansas. They're the one seed in the Midwest bracket, Midwest region, I should say. But here's where it gets interesting. They've also got to worry about Duke on the two line, and then you've got Michigan State and Tom Izzo on the three line. But they're also, by one versus 16 standards, a small favorite against (laughs) Penn. I think it's around 13, 13 and a half points. What do you make of this? Could this be the first 16 over one? Yeah, I would love to see it. Um, I I was just, uh, I've, I've had a bet with my buddy. And I said uh, a 16 is going to be the one. And to make myself feel old, I'm pretty sure we settled on 10 years for the period. I'm pretty sure my 10 years are up. <laughs> we, we, we aren't quite certain about it. But it's really exciting. I, mean, I, I got 10 at about a 6% probability to beat Kansas in that first game. I mean, that's an exciting number. Um, you know, when you're talking, I mean, you're, you're looking at, I, I, I think Xavier is the weakest one seed. And I really thought they would be the team uh, that would have the highest chance of getting knocked off in that first game. Uh, you know, they have probably 99% win probability, which is similar to what you'll see with the other one seeds. Uh, but Kansas, um, you know, they haven't, they probably didn't earn a one seed just by, you know, the, the efficiency metrics. Um, but they got it anyways. Uh, they, you know, they, they got a 94% chance to sneak through there. It's a really interesting team. Um, they lost one of their bigs this year. And so they've been playing a four guard lineup, shoot a lot more threes this season. Um, and that's kind of cost them a little bit on the defensive side of the ball. They rank 30th in my adjusted efficiency numbers, which is a little bit low for a bill self team. And they've really struggled with defensive rebounding. So that might be something that you want to look for in the Kansas team. And then of course, the committee did them no favors putting Duke and Michigan State on the other side of the bracket. Those two teams could, I guess, they, I guess they got one benefit is that you know they can't, they will only face one of those two teams since they are on the other side of the bracket. Uh, but Duke um, is, is my highest rated team coming out of that region. What do you make of Villanova? Won the tournament two years ago. Jay Wright's a hell of a coach. They set up with a bracket, a region, I should say, in the East that doesn't look too daunting. But again, any given day with these tournament teams, as we know. Yeah, no, for sure. Uh, Villanova is just a a lights-out offensive team. I love the way that these guys play offense. They shoot a lot of threes. Um, This Jay Wright team is not quite as good defensively uh, as in past years. So in the past four years, they've never ranked worse than 11th in my defensive numbers. They're about 20th this year. Um, they don't really have a true big guy. Uh, Amari Spellman is a six-eight stretch four, and he's he's the biggest guy they will put on the court. So uh, you know, I think they could really have problems with a team that has some true bigs, like a like a Duke or a Michigan State, um, maybe an Isaac Haas and a Purdue on the other side of that region. But I mean, they're so explosive on offense that uh, you gotta like their chances to get out of the region. Arizona and DeAndre Ayton, they have been in the news for a variety of reasons. Most of them have been negative over the last few weeks, but Sean Miller and the Wildcats, they win the Pac-12. Here they are, Southern Region. Virginia's the one seed. They're the four. They could meet in the Sweet 16. How good is this Wildcat team? Because here at the station in San Francisco, we've been talking about the idea of the us-against-the-world mentality, and sometimes teams rally hard behind that. Yeah, for sure. I mean, this is a team that started the season number three in the preseason AP poll. There's no lack of talent on this team. Um, they're 15th in my offensive rankings. The thing I don't understand about this team is they rank 74th 
in terms of defense. And Sean Miller is a defensive coach. And I just don't know how they can be that bad with two seven-footers. Uh, I've, I've only seen a couple of their games. Um, but they need to get better on that side of the ball. Uh, because in the second, you know, in the round of 32, they probably are going to face Kentucky, which is another super talented team, a team that really has, also hasn't gotten together this year, but also has a load of talent. Uh, Numbers-wise, I think I would make Arizona maybe like a half-point favorite in that game. But that is going to be a 50-50 toss-up game uh, that I think will be a highlight of the weekend if it happens. All right, as you work your way through the bracket, which teams do you deem possibly ripe for an upset, the overvalued team, so to speak? The overvalued teams ripe for an upset. Um, in Yeah, so, uh, well, here, let's pick on my hometown team. Um, Michigan's been playing great. The three seed out in the West, they should have a you know they should have a reasonably easy time with uh, with Montana in that first round. But the second round game potentially against Houston looks like a fifty fifty toss up. I think the markets will be close to pick them on that game. So this is a team that's been hot. A lot of people, especially around here, expect them to to move on pretty far. Uh, a, a a team that uh, is going to face a really difficult round of thirty two game. Okay, Ed, so as we look through all the different regions, if we're thinking upsets, if we're thinking sleepers, any direction in which we should focus our attention? Yeah, so the one double-digit seed that I really like to win a first-round game is Butler. They play Arkansas. I have their odds about 59% uh, to win that first-round game. I don't see a lot of other teams that uh, you know have better than 50% win to win that first-round game, but just because I'm not calling for these upsets, Joe, we got to remember that we're going to see them. There's 32 rounds. There's, excuse me, there's 32 games in this round of 64, and you're getting a lot of teams, a lot of uh, underdogs that are going to have a 40, 35% chance. When you have 32 games, you're going to see those upsets. That's why we call it March Madness. And just because I'm not calling for you guys to pick them doesn't mean that they're not going to happen. Will it help or hurt the Big Ten schools that they held their conference championship a week before <laughs> everybody else? Million-dollar question. I mean, I think intuitively it kind of hurts Michigan because they were on a roll, really played their two best games of the year to close out that tournament. And I think potentially it helps the Michigan State, who kind of looked lost in that game against uh, Michigan. You get you you know you go back home to East Lansing, you get some really hard practices in, but you can still get some rest before uh, you know opening up the tournament against Bucknell. So, Joe, I have no idea, but that's my best guess. All right, now I know if the listeners go to thepowerrank.com, they sign up at your website, they'll have an opportunity to go through all your picks. So you're not necessarily going to give them all away here, and we understand that. But if we were to get a sample of what Ed Fang's thinking for filling out a bracket, which direction would you maybe guide us towards? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think I think you should definitely look towards the favorite by the numbers, and that favorite by the numbers is Villanova. The team has been so explosive. Um on my public part of my site, uh, they're close to 30% to win the tournament. That's too high. Um, members get access to some of my better numbers where that number is a little bit lower. But they're still, you know, it's it's been really interesting for me in terms of the spading the public because I, I've been really surprised to see so many people on ESPN and they, they show data on this. So big fraction of the people are picking Virginia, even after the Hunter injury. So, um yeah, think about Villanova. It's definitely going to be your favorite choice. Um, and, uh, yeah, if you sign up for my free email newsletter, you can get my cheat sheet, which is just an easy region-by-region region way of filling out your bracket. You don't have to do any more thought than that. 
Um, and Nova will be will be the choice there. You can find that at thepowerrank.com. You can find him on Twitter at thepowerrank. Fantastic information. Data scientist with the Stanford PhD. He also wrote the book, How to Win Your NCAA Tourney Pool. That's available on Amazon. Ed Fang joining us here on the Sharp 600. Ed, always a pleasure, my man. Awesome stuff. Good luck during tournament time, and uh, look forward to doing it again with you soon. Yeah, thanks so much, Joe. Yeah, definitely look forward to jumping on it again whenever, whenever you got the time. We're sharing beds and buckling with Phil. You good with that? No, I'm not good with that. Episode 84 is in the can. Shout out to Ed Fang for swinging by to help us with how best to fill out our brackets. We appreciate the insight. Shout out to all of you as well. Thank you so much for your continued support of the project. Remember, if you get an opportunity to subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes, we would greatly appreciate it. And remember, it's Villanova, it's Michigan State, it's Michigan, it's Arizona. And then it's Villanova over Arizona. We're back later in the week with episode 85. Be well, everybody. Enjoy the madness and best of luck.